Hi, I'm Dorothy Burton, your host for Governing God's Way, connecting the timeless principles of Scripture to the timely issues of our day for those who serve, lead, and govern. King Solomon, the wisest leader to have ever lived, left us with this truth. There is nothing new under the sun, and what has been will be. What was true for him and those who served, led, and governed in his day is just as true for those who serve, lead, and govern today. Timeless principles to help in times like these. Hi, I am your host for Governing God's Way, Dorothy Burton, and I'm so glad to have you here as we start this new season of Governing God's Way. And people go, what is that? In Governing God's Way, people get that confused today because religion and politics have become so intertwined. Well, I hope to unintertwine that today. A little bit about my background for since this is a new season and for those who don't know anything about me or anything about this podcast, this podcast has less to do with politics, but everything to do with the kingdom and with God and with God's view of from his word of how governing should be. Now, I have to say right off the bat, I almost feel kind of like Paul did in Second Corinthians when he had to when he wrote the letter to the church at Corinth to affirm his ministry and his apostolic authority. I'm not an apostle. I don't claim to be that. But I do want to tell you a little bit about my background. I am a anomaly probably in Texas. I am a black evangelical, a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary. I've been a conservative all of my adult life, black and conservative, way to the right all of my life. I voted for every Republican president, every Republican governor, every Republican candidate, unless they were a friend of mine and I knew them personally, only that's only the only time I would vote for a Democrat. But anyway, I voted, I voted for Donald Trump in 2016 as a good Republican. And after about six months, I go, what in the world is this? And so it has been, uh, for me, a bumpy ride because God has had to undo in me everything that I ever was. And that has not been easy. It wasn't easy for me. I lead an organization called Christians in Public Service that me and some of my fellow uh, public servant leaders found it now almost 10, 10 years ago. And it is non-political. It, it really is. It is non-political. It is not right or it is not left. Because those of us who founded it, we were Democrats. We were Republicans, some of us. But we saw a need even then 10 years ago that there are those of us who are in public service who really do want to govern God's way and do it the right way and and we just felt like we were just we were just out there kind of anonymously and we found it here in Dallas so it's like okay so we founded this organization so I lead this organization and God has since led me and kind of rewired me over these past four or five years and I can truly say that I am really strictly non-political at all I mean none and 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 those who know me took know what a what a work God had to do in me and it wasn't easy and it was very very painful but it's because of what he has called me to do that he had to totally rewire me and the finishing of that was this past fall I had an opportunity to go to Greece on a tour led by Bishop Kenneth Omer the footsteps of Paul tour that tour changed my life. I, it, it literally brought home to me 
what God has been doing these years in me to get me to this point to teach the way he would have me to teach and to write the way he would have me to write strictly from a kingdom point of view, leaving behind my politics. And I was standing on, if you know anything about the ancient city of Corinth, the, the major thoroughfare back in the first century is wide street. It's, it's, you know, it's crumbling now because it's, you know, it's from the first century. But I was in the city of Corinth. I was looking up at the Bema. And I was walking away from the Bema, and this the long major road through Corinth is still there. And I was in the center, right in the center of that road. It was a long road, and I was just standing there by myself, and I was just talking to God and, and talking to God. And then I, I looked up at the, at the sky, and it was like this big, beautiful sun. And it wasn't a, it was a white, white light. It was like a, it was like a hole burning through the sky. And people would pass by, I go, you see that sun? They go, yeah. I said, but do you really see? Can you see? Because it was really bright. You see the sun? Yeah, yeah, Dorothy, we, we see the sun. But but they, were, they weren't seeing it the way I was seeing it because the way I was seeing it was like, I said, do you see the white light, the b- b- ball? And they go, well, yeah, it's sun. But they didn't see it the way I see it. So I go, okay, I got to get this. I got to get this on camera. So I, I couldn't look up at it, but I pointed my camera. As I turned away from it, I pointed my camera at it. I said, because I got to capture this. And so when I looked at the picture afterwards, it looked as though, and I've sent it to friends, it looks as though it is evening time with this white hole in the sky. And it looks like it's evening time, but actually it's midday. And it's midday with this white ball there. And I'm glad I captured it. And then when I sent the picture, guess what I saw? An iridescent, it's a, a, a cross on standing up on the ground and the cross looked like it's blue i promise you people have sent it and i had not seen that until i sent the picture to my board members and i go wait a minute i hadn't seen that before and then if that weren't enough above the iridescent cloud above this 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 cross you can see straight through it but it's blue above it it looks like a dove flying above this cross and then you look closely, you look more closely, and then you can see the outline of, I want to say Jesus on the cross, but it, you can see the outline of, of a person on the cross with a dove above it and the cross. None of that was there. If None of that. This is just an old city of ruins. But when I took the picture, all this came out on the picture. I go, oh, my God. But so I, I say all that to say that trip, Two weeks through Greece and, and Corinth and Ephesus and oh, it changed my life. And it just kind of really brought home to me this work that God has given me to do and just how important it is. So I keep politics out of it because it's not about politics. It's about God and his kingdom and how he governs and how he views governing. And what we're seeing today coming from Christians who are proclaiming to be from God and of God are totally way off base. And I say that in love. And I say that with all of my training background. I say that with as a former right wing Republican, Donald Trump supporting black conservative, black evangelical. I say that with all the love in the world. And that's why I, I feel kind of like Paul had to feel like that when he wrote that second letter to, to the Corinthian church. Actually, Paul, by the time, actually, Paul wrote three letters to the Corinthian church. Two of them were lost. The first letter, 
was actually the second letter of the three, but two of them were lost. And then we get to Second Corinthians. But anyway, that's kind of we our base. But anyway, so by the time we get to Second Corinthians and Paul is talking about his ministry credentials, I kind of kind of feel like that because I don't like talking about myself or talking about my background or talking about my education and DTS and all that kind of stuff. But I feel that for this podcast is necessary because as a black evangelical, we are in a space that is very today uncomfortable for many of us. And I know that I speak for many of us because we are looking at our white brothers and sisters as evangelicals and we're going, what in the world happened to you? You know, are we reading the same Bible or do we have the same understanding or what? So with this particular podcast, as I kick off this new season, I kind of wanted you to know a little bit about my background as we go forward. As I do these things every week, I wanted to kind of lay the groundwork and kind of give you an idea of who I am and where I come from. I'm just not some fly by night person. I mean, I have studied really, really hard and I have the credentials and I have the experience and I have all that. So freaking what? To God, what? It's important for people, and it's important for me to know that academically and theologically so that I will be able to speak with some authority in what I'm talking about and just my background. This is my background. I mean, it's, it took a lot. I can't tell you. God had to totally rewire me, and I'm glad he did. And as I said, when I went to Greeks, that just did it for me. So today I want to talk about as a black evangelical and as an evangelical uh, practically all of my all of my life. I mean, my, I've been under sitting under the tutelage of Dr. Tony Evans for something like 30 some odd years. So I hope I don't see anything to embarrass him. But anyway, whew, so much for my credentials and so much for my background. But I, today I want to talk about a very timely topic. And I'm going to talk about it really from a biblical viewpoint. I know you guys hear that all the time, but I really do. In my heart of hearts and in my prayer time, my meditation time is God, keep my heart and my mind stayed on you and not look at. And I look at the news because I have to understand what's going on for our organization, Christians in Public Service, because we have a network of public servants who are Christians and who are Republican and who are Democrat and who are black and who are white. We're an anomaly. So as leader of Christians in Public Service or SIPS, I work really hard at especially since God has rewired me to stay away from the politics of politics and focus on the kingdom and what thus said the Lord and what's God's viewpoint based upon his word so I put in a lot of time and I put in a lot of study because I want to make sure and when I ask the Holy Spirit I want to make sure that this is not Dorothy Burton's thoughts or Dorothy Burton's words but they're actually from the word of God so today I want to talk about governing in politics. I mean, truly governing in politics from a biblical view. And I mean that in the purest sense of the word. I'm not saying that from a right wing perspective. I'm not saying that from a MAGA perspective. I'm not saying that from um, a Donald Trump perspective or the right perspective. God help me if I am. And I ask him and my producer, take out anything that sounds that sounds political, but I'm going to try to keep it on track. OK, so I want to talk about governing in politics, and I hope to get through this fairly quickly to offer this other viewpoint from a really kingdom perspective. And so here we go. One of the greatest mistakes, I believe, among Christians today in relation to governing in politics is that many mistake them as one and the same, especially in today's environment. 
And when you look at evangelicals in MAGA, in the MAGA movement, there is no light. There is no daylight between them. So many are making the mistake. And there are some who call themselves evangelicals who really aren't evangelicals, who don't even pray, who don't even go to church. But they identify as evangelicals because of the political piece of it. So as Christians, as people of God, when we throw our support behind a party or a person who speaks, you know, Christianese and Christianity and all that kind of stuff, we often are left disappointed or disillusioned when, you know, the person that we put all of our marbles behind loses or, or turns out to be just another politician. And that's where a lot of us are. But then most of us evangelicals on the 80 percent side, they're not disappointed at all at all. They're not disillusioned. They're well disillusioned in a way when it comes to the Bible and politics and how God views this. But they are solidly in the corner of the right. And God bless them. I have nothing bad to say about them. I'm just trying to make this clear from a biblical viewpoint of how God's viewpoint on the matter. And while we are citizens of America, and I'm going to say this, and my evangelical brothers and sisters and my Christian brothers and sisters know what I'm talking about, and I want you to talk about it, even though you may not be, but as Christians, Christ followers, while we are citizens of America, we must remember that our citizenship is in heaven. As such, we Christians, Christ followers, we are obligated to vote according to our citizenship. Now, the evangelicals are not wrong on that. We are obligated as citizens of heaven to vote according to our citizenship. There are two systems at play of which even some Christians who run for public office may not even be aware, but there are two systems at play. And because of this unawareness, many of them fall victim as they are sometimes caught in the tension between the two, between the two systems. Let's take the rare view of looking at these systems biblically, because that's what this is all about. As I said, the groundwork and set the stage for future podcast so that you'll know where I'm coming from. So let's take the rare view of looking at these systems biblically, the system of governing and the system of politics, each representing a kingdom. The system of governing represents the kingdom of God and the system of politics represents the kingdom of darkness, i.e. the world or the God of this world, Satan. Now that's just, that's, I'm, I, I ain't saying it. It's, there are two, two kingdoms. And governing is of God. It is of the kingdom of God. And the system of politics is a world system, which means that it is under the God and ruled by the God of this world temporarily until God, until Jesus returns and we, we reclaim it all back. But up until then, it is a world system. Can politicians, the question then is, oh, can politicians be Christians? Of course. Can Christians be Politicians, well, yeah, however, somebody say however, <laughs> however, if they lose their perspective and begin viewing their service politically rather than biblically, it will be to their peril. And this is what we're seeing today. The system of governing and the system of politics are more spiritual than political. I'll say it again. Because they're systems, the system of governing 
and the system of politics are more spiritual than political. And I know some of you are going, what in the world is this woman talking about? And where did she come from? I'm going to prove it to you in a minute from God's word. Right? Two systems. Two. So given that this is so, the two systems have less to do with donkeys and elephants and everything to do with the lamb, i.e. Christ, and glorifying our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Governing is of God, no doubt about that. Governing is of God. Politics is of the God of this world. It is a worldly system, and we can never beat the devil playing by his rules on his turf. And he has so co-opted Christianity in the West that it is no longer the force and the power that it is designed to be as an instrument of governing as God set it up. Politics, I'm going to say it again, is of the God of this world. It is a worldly system. Christian public servants must always have a healthy awareness of the desperate need. And I am emphasizing those words. We have to have a healthy, healthy, somebody say after me, healthy, healthy awareness of the desperate need for the governor of heaven, his presence, his power, we must have a healthy awareness of the governor of heaven. You know who that is? The Holy Spirit. We must have an awareness as Christians in this worldly system of our need for the Holy Spirit's guidance, the Holy Spirit's protection, the Holy Spirit's wisdom, the Holy Spirit's discernment. And you will not hear among my evangelical brothers and sisters when we're talking about politics. When is the last time you heard a politician who proclaims to be a Christian in this system talk about the Holy Spirit? When have you heard him talk about the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the protection of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, the discernment of the Holy Spirit? You don't hear it. Why? Because too many of us are sold out to the other system. Government was established by God in Genesis 8 and is the earthly authority. I'm going to say this really slow because all of this other stuff, you listen to CNN, MSNBC and Fox News and all this other stuff, it gets crazy mixed up. But what I'm telling you is this. I'm not telling you anything that's not in the Bible. Government was established by God in Genesis 8 and is the earthly authority, is the earthly authority given by God through his people and institutions to rule in order to keep society stable and orderly. Would you say looking at America today that it is a society that is stable and orderly? No. Why? Because we have given our authority over to the world system. Government was established. I'm going to say it again. Government was established by God in Genesis 8 and is the earthly authority. God gave us his people to work through institutions to rule, not dominate, 
not dominionism, not Christian nationalism, not that. If you look at how he wrote it and how he set it up, it is to rule in order, not to gain power, not to have it our way, but in order to keep society stable and orderly. And the reason why our society in America is so out of order and so unstable is because Christians in America are out of order. In Romans 13, Paul refers to it as government as a minister of good. It's Romans 13, 4. Politics, contrasted to that, politics, on the other hand, is the worldly system established by man to what to gain authority primarily by promoting influencing and or forcing acceptance of a particular view of a particular position or platform or a platform of of a collective group i.e party why not to keep society stable and orderly as was God's design for governing but to gain control control for the right not to minister as God intended but to rule to rule it is a me first my way system reflective of the one it represents Satan the God of this world. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that politicians are evil. But what I am saying is that the system of politics is. Why? Because the system of politics reflects the values of the God of this world. Say, Paul tells us that 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It reflects the values. And when you have Christians talking about biblical values and all that in a system that is rooted in the values of the God of this world, there's a conflict right there. And many of them don't have any idea what they're talking about. Many of them have no idea what they're saying because they're looking at it, a biblical viewpoint in politics when they don't understand that politics is not politics. Politics is a world system governed by the God of this world. It is spiritual. Though this sounds radical, I know it isn't. It is straight. (laughs) It's straight Bible. It's straight biblical. And until Christians learn to filter everything through the lenses, really filter things through the lenses of biblical truth, not biblical values, biblical truth, particularly government in this day and age, It'll be until Jesus returns. We're going to continue to come up short and have lessening impact on the culture. Would you say that Christians today have a major impact on the culture? No. No, we don't. We're not changing anything. What have we changed? Okay, we can look at abortion. Okay, we can look at that. But okay, what? In a country that's so divided, in a country that, you know, you can't even talk about the Bible to a certain group without them getting upset. You can't speak. You can talk Bible. You just can't speak truth. Okay. I, they ain't me. We're going to talk truth here. 
because we need to talk truth. As, as Christians, we need to talk truth. So we're going to continue until if we don't change something. We're going to continue to to come up short as Christians in this system and have lessening impact on the culture. And we're busy talking about culture. Well, show me from Genesis to the book of the Revelation where Jesus or God talked about a culture war. They didn't. It's not there. Jesus didn't come to go to war with the culture. Why are we? Huh? Why, why are we? Why do we feel the need to go to war with the culture when that's not biblical at all? Show me where it is. Show me where it is in Genesis. Show me where it is in Revelation. You can go through the book from front to back and back to front again. There is no such thing, no mention of us going to war with the culture. None at all. None at all. But this is where God's people get tripped up. And we'll continue to get tripped up unless we take a step back and look at governing and politics the way God looks at them. So how is that? As I said, government is the earthly authority. And I'm going to say this really slow because I want people to get this really right. Because a lot of our pastors in the pulpit need to be saying this same thing. A lot of our Bible teachers need to be saying the same thing. But it's hard to say this when you're part of the problem. It's hard to say this when you've bought into the world system. It's hard to say this when you have immersed yourself into this system that Jesus, that God never intended for us to immerse ourselves in. He intended for us to govern it and to change it and to bring about stability. And we're not. So when anyone say our society, as I said before, is stable and orderly today, no, it's not. Why isn't this the case? Because politics, and I'm going to say this, because politics, not governing, rules the day. Politics, not governing, rules the day. We are reminded in 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is of this world. Let's look at politics then through the lenses. And remember, we're talking Bible here. We ain't talking politics. We're not talking nothing. We are looking at God's view of governing. And God's view of governing is replete throughout his word. So that's all I can talk about. That's all I can talk about. So let's look at politics through the lenses of 1 John 2.16. Satan's goal from eternity past is to be like God. We know that from Isaiah 14.14. Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angel, Satan, is the God of this world. We know that. Second Corinthians 4, 4, as I mentioned before. But Satan, the God of this world, little g, small g, has been allowed by God to rule over world systems. Among them, the political system. Now, the people talk about the seven mountains. They got some of it kind of right because those mountains are systems. But the way they look at them is wrong because God didn't send us to be dominionist. He sent us to rule. And there's a difference between rulership and dominionism. But anyway, that's another topic for another podcast. So, But the God of this world, Satan, has been allowed by God to rule over these world systems. Among them is we're talking about among them is the political system. There are three absolutes of which only. God can lay claim to only there are three, three absolutes of which only God can lay claim. But ones that Satan in his never ending 
quest to be like God consistently and desperately seeks for himself. He's done it since the Garden of Eden. He's done that. And he, what does he use? He uses God's creatures, whether it is a snake or serpent or whatever, or whether it is humans like Eve. He uses God's creation. He uses us. And he is using God's people today in this political system. He is using us like two dollar whores. He is using us. Excuse me, but he is. Back to what I was saying. There are three absolutes. Get me excited. There are three absolutes of which we know that only God can lay claim. Ones that Satan himself himself wants to be. And he is using us to get it. That's the only way he can get it. That's the only way he can. He and his legion of demons, the only way they can get it is through humans. The only way. The three things, the three absolutes that we know. One is prestige. When it comes to prestige, God is in a class all by himself. And Satan wants that prestige. Satan wants the prestige that is only ascribed to the most high God. And the second thing is position. God alone is the most high. Ain't but one most high, and that's God. God alone. Lucifer, Satan, before the fall said he would be what? Like the most high. And he hadn't stopped in that effort to be that. And the third is power. Power. All power. Somebody say all. All power of heaven and earth are in God's hands. Satan, what does he crave? He craves power and he seeks absolute power. So what does that have to do with politics and Christians? Because politics and hence politicians take on the characteristics of the God of this world system. God, little G, Satan. The more believers reflect the character of the enemy and not the character of God, the less we will reflect the character of God. Would you say we're reflecting the character of God? No, we're not. Why? Because we've taken on, we, we reflect more the character of the enemy. The three distinct absolutes that I just mentioned, prestige, position, power, are desirous of the God of this world and are the same things. Prestige, position, and power are the same things desired by politicians who are more focused on promoting and serving self than serving people. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. I just told y'all all all the talk shows and all of this stuff about, you know, evangelicals, why this and why that. I just told it to you once and it's the three distinct absolutes of God's character, prestige, position and power. The things that put God in the class all by himself that Satan so wants. The only thing that Satan has to control are the systems of this world. And the only way that he can gain control of the systems of this world is through God's people. If we allow him to, and we are allowing him to in the world system of politics. 
the three distinct absolutes, prestige, position, and power. Look at Congress today. Look at the fighting of the school boards today. What are they after? They're after power. They're after prestige. And they're after positions. The three absolutes that only God can lay claim to that Satan wants, the God of this world, and he's using uh, many of us to get those things. Hmm. Hmm. Because, why? Because politicians who are not totally sold out to God are after the same thing. They're more focused on promoting and serving self than serving the people. In relation to 1 John 2.16, it plays out like this. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, desire for prestige. Remember I said prestige, position, and power. That's what Satan is after. The three absolutes that only belong to God. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, i.e. desire for prestige. Because that's what we do, right? The lust of the flesh. That's why we go after Gucci. That's why we go after Chanel. That's why we go after these, you know, these, you know, titles, titles. Desire for prestige. The lust of the eyes. Desire for position. Desire for position. You know, it's the thing. I was once an honorable. Okay, don't never call me that. But so many people get off on honorable, honorable this and honorable that, honorable this and honorable that. They want to be recognized at functions. They want to be recognized at banquets. They want to be recognized at receptions. With all the elected officials stand, you ought to see them standing up. I, I, I sit there and I look at them. I just shake my head. I just shake my head. I never did stand up. Never. Because I wasn't there to represent a system. I was there to represent the kingdom. But anyway, plans are like this. I was in the world. Lust of the flesh, desire for prestige. And then the lust of the eyes, the, the position, the title, all that. And the boastful pride of life, desire for power. Power. That is the desire. That is the boastful pride of life. We want to be number one. We want to be top dog. We want our party to rule we want to rule over everybody else. We want to be the dominating party. We want to be the dominating people. That is a desire for power. And the Bible says, all power of heaven and earth is the guys. Absolute. That's what Satan wants. He'll get it any way he can, even if it means using God's people to do it. Now, there's the Father, but it's of the world. So let me read it together so it makes sense. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, i.e. desire for prestige and the lust of the eyes i.e. desire for position and we're talking about in the realm of politics here and the boastful pride of life the desire for power it's not from the father but it's from the world so john said i said john said the difference between a politician and a servant is that the servant seeks to be vulnerable and humble, to be used by God as a minister of good for his people. I'm going to say it again, because this is what Jesus modeled. Jesus said the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. What does that look like? Well, the difference between 
a politician and a servant is that the servant, like Jesus, seeks to be vulnerable and humble, to be used by God as a minister of good for his people. The politician seeks for him or herself prestige, position, and power, often at the expense of the good of the people. Hello, somebody. I just told you the difference between a politician and a servant, and I'm going to say it again. Those way in the back who didn't get it. I'm going to say it real slow because Jesus gave us the example, the difference between, and you have to ask yourself, which one am I? If you're an elected office or you're in an appointed office and you say you're a Christian or you evangelical, or you this or you that, you know, nobody can answer this question, but you and God, because only you and God know your heart. No matter what you present to people, only you and God know your heart. The difference between a politician and a servant is that the servant seeks To be vulnerable and humble, to be used by God as a minister of good for his people. The politician seeks for him or herself prestige, position, and power, often at the expense of the good of the people. Saints' goal is to be like the most high, period. And he aptly uses the world systems and people, even sometimes Christians. And we're looking at this political system, especially Christians nowadays. He uses the world systems that God has allowed him to control for a time until Jesus comes back. Okay. But for now, he controls the world systems. But God has allowed him to control. He rules, but God super rules and overrules. But God has allowed him to control the world systems. And through these systems, he never ceases trying to accomplish one thing. And what is that? To be like the most high. This is why it is important for God's people as elected and appointed leaders to turn back to God and consistently, consistently Put him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else you're after will be added to you. We got this thing backwards as Christian people. We are going after the added things before we're putting the kingdom of God first, if we put it there at all. And that's why this system, this country is in such disarray and out of order because God's people for the most part, are out of order. There can be no lasting victories. And I want you to hear me, those of you who are high on your party platform and and your political points and talking points and all that. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm just talking to those who name the name of Jesus Christ. There can be no lasting victories using the tactics of this world and there can be no lasting peace. And it won't be. It can't be just as it is foolhardy to fight fire with fire and expect to extinguish it. It is just as foolhardy for us, for Christians 
to take on the characteristics of the enemy for the sake of political victories and expect God to bless it or expect God to intervene and bless. He ain't going to do it. He's not doing it. He is not doing it. I believe that we're under the passive judgment of God. He's just taking his hands off. And that's a scary place to be. They can invoke the name of Jesus all they want. They can invoke the name of God all they want. But action speaks louder than words. And God sees. God sees and God knows. He sees and he knows. There can be no lasting victories. I don't care if you win in November. I don't care if you win in March. It won't last. It won't last. Oh, we'll have the majority in the Senate or we'll have the majority in Congress. It won't last. It won't last. There can be no lasting victories using the tactics of this world. And no lasting peace. No lasting peace. God won't bless our political mess. He won't do it. We cannot take on the characteristics of the enemy for the sake of political victories and, and invoke God's name. He ain't nowhere to be found in it. He's not. He won't bless a political mess. We're seeing this played out. We're seeing it played out in a culture today. In the divisiveness and caustic sniping between political parties and worse, God worse, among Christians who have picked their side. And I'm going to end it with this. Because I know y'all ready to go. Y'all are tired of hearing me. In every aspect of life. In every aspect of life. As Christians. As Christ followers. We are in the world. But not of the world. Here's John 17, 16. Politics. I'm going to end it like this. And I want you to hear me. Politics is of the God of this world. Governing is of the God of the Bible. And to govern effectively and impact our culture exponentially, we have to turn back to the God of the Bible and trust him enough to run for. And serve in office his way, as I just described. And with this podcast from now and here on out, we have to do it his way. Why? Because we are to be a reflection of his glory. Ask yourself, you're in office, claim the mantle of Christianity. Are you a reflection of God's glory in your office? How you conduct yourself, the decisions you make, the conversations you have, the strategies you make. Are you a reflection of his glory? Once we get this and trust him enough and trust his word enough, we will begin to see how God empowers his people without the need or help. Of the God of this world. God will empower us. To govern. And have. The kind of impact. So desperately needed. In our communities. In our cities. In our counties. In our townships. In our hamlets. In our country. 
we will see the difference. If we, as God's people, begin to govern God's way. Thank you for listening to the end. This was a tough one to get through, but it was a very important one so that we can lay the groundwork for future podcasts so you will know what to expect. Whatever platform you're listening on, I'd appreciate it if you give us a rating. I like five stars. Drop me a note at DorothyBurton.com. Or if you want to learn more about our organization that I mentioned earlier, Christians in Public Service or SIPS Inc., C-I-P-S-I-N-C dot org. Thank you again, and I will see you next time.